Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. Laws and principles are the foundation to system. There are three categories of laws mentioned in the Old Testament that God gave man. The ceremonial laws, the civic laws, and the moral laws. Now, remember, the ceremonial laws were considered to be uncivic laws or schoolmaster of Christ. We don't quite live by those because of the new covenant that we live into. So, we don't have the priest going in on our behalf. We don't sacrifice goat and rams, bullocks and all of that. The blood of Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice for that. So, when you're doing your foundation for your house or anything else, you ain't have to kill no, no goat and fowl and sprinkle the blood and all of that. No, no, no. The blood of Jesus is already shed. And that's important. That is the important blood. So, today we thank God for the blood of Jesus and for the blood that is working in our lives. And we want to pick up today at the moral laws. The moral laws are very important. They represent the nature and character of God. Human beings are result-oriented. Right? Human beings are result-oriented. We were created that way. God created us that way. God took up himself and put in us and created us that way to be result-oriented. We were created by God to function that way. As a matter of fact, one of the easiest ways to get people frustrated is for them to be working to achieve certain results and it's not happening. Whether on the job, at home, in their personal life, one of the easiest ways to get people frustrated is for the results that they are working on not to be forthcoming. And maybe all of us have been there at some point in our lives when you want to give up because the results that you anticipated are not coming. Now, Jesus himself is that way. And as I said, we got that from Jesus because Jesus said in John, he said, if you don't bear fruit, I'll take you away from And then he said, if you bear more fruit, I will purge you so that you can produce even more fruit. So he is very much result-oriented. I remember the story in St. John where this man was by the pool of Bethesda for a long time. The Bible says that at a certain season, the angel would come and uh, trouble the water. This man had an infirmity for a very, very long time. And he was there hoping to get into the water in one of those seasons so that he could be well, could be whole from the situation. Jesus turned up and said to him, do you want to be made whole? And he demonstrated his frustration. 
because he wasn't getting the results. He said, listen, I'm here and every time it's right for somebody to step in the water, people just keep going head to head. It's frustrating. And every time I read that story, I think, oh, what are you thinking, sir? Everybody wants to be here. What do you think? Everybody's not making their way to the water. But he was frustrated because he wasn't getting the results. And as I said, that's how God created us. We were designed to function by the kingdom system. And the kingdom system is designed to produce results in our lives. So if results are not coming, frustration is going to set in. And this is, again, one of the reasons why you must function by the right system, the laws and principles, so you can get the results that God intended for your life. Many times, what is needed to get extraordinary results in our lives is not more prayer. Prayer is good. Prayer and fasting, very, very important. But many, many times, what is needed is to fix the law that is broken, particularly in that area that you're seeking the results. Because if you pray from now until you leave the earth, but you don't fix the law, it is unlikely that you're going to get the results. Because the law produce the results. So in Luke chapter 18, the rich young ruler came to Jesus saying, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And he said, oh, I have those covered. Those laws I'm keeping. He said, okay, what about sowing and reaping? The law of sowing and reaping. Go sell what you have, all your goods, and give it to the poor. Oh, that one. You're going to produce the results? You have to fix the law. But sometimes we don't want to take the time to fix the law because we are so immediate in our thoughts on results. And if you do it that way, you keep going around in circles. And the people that you left at this position 10 years when you come back, they have moved far ahead and you have to start at the same position. Because you didn't fix the law. Just changing location is not enough. Of course, there are times when you need to change location, but fixing the law is more important to get the results. Laws and principles that you live by should be rooted in foundation that is able to improve, increase your capacity. Because if you are going to work with laws that are going to take you to new levels, anchor you, take you up, they must be strong enough to deal with all that is happening. So they have to be rooted in foundations that can get you results. Now, it is said that there are two sides to Jesus. There is the person of Jesus and the principles of Jesus. And most Christian believers receive the person of Jesus, but they do not deal 
They don't embrace the principles of Jesus. So the person of Jesus is salvation. He died for your sin. So they are born again, but the, the laws are what enable success. So many believers are born again people going to heaven, but they don't get the success that God intended for them to have. So the very believer that preached that he is our Jehovah Jireh, oh God, still go and borrow from the unsaved man or from the unsaved system because they don't employ the laws of Jesus. And the man who don't know Jesus have enough sense that to know that his success is dependent on the laws of God, even though he don't know Jesus, the person, even though he doesn't accept the principle, the person of Jesus, he accepts the principles of Jesus. Because the principles of Jesus will work in different conditions. And at many times, they will work whether you're saved or not, because they're principles that are designed to work. So if you are not born again, you can employ them and they still work. That is why entities like KFC and those people make so much money. They understand the principles of seed time and harvest, of giving. They sponsor more things than you think about. They keep giving. So, and every time you pass KFC, it sucks you in. Take some more of your money in order to, you know, get better and better. When you put the principles in place for yourself, the law of sowing and reaping, the principles of Jesus are very important. But sometimes, and this is where we really need to talk believers, sometimes we purely go on passion. Nothing is wrong with passion, but by itself, it can be dangerous. Because one of the most dangerous persons is a person with zealous without knowledge. Yeah, Christian was zealous without knowledge, and they're very dangerous. We need to be guided by the principles along with the passion so that we can become all that God intended for us to be. We have to stop and examine our lives and realize that the principles of Jesus are very important to our success here on earth. Some of the people that have misrepresented the kingdom the most over time and has caused many of us embarrassment as kingdom citizens are people who go by passion and not by principles or by just passion only rather than going by passion and principle. Yeah, we know people say for so many years, but the results are not forthcoming because it is just all about passion. I want to read Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and then show you the importance of principles or laws as it relates to the moral laws, the laws that represent uh, the nature and character of God. Now, just before we read, let me give you a background to the story real quickly. Because I, I think this is very important. Moses, who was arguably the greatest leader that lived outside of Jesus in human form, 
Moses led Israel through difficult patch and was outstanding. And this great leader died. And here comes the man Joshua that is supposed to take over the leadership of Israel. And maybe in Joshua's mind, was a little intimidated. Uh, can I really fill those books of Moses? And God gave Joshua a quick lesson as it relates to him being successful in his own leadership of Israel. A very quick lesson. And here's the lesson. This book of the law. This book of the law. We're talking about laws. We're not talking about um, ceremonial laws here. We're talking about the laws that represent the nature and character of God. Because when God created the earth, his intention was that the earth would be influenced by his nature and character. And that is why in Genesis chapter 1, he created man in his own image and likeness. Image and likeness means nature and character. Created him with his nature so that he could function like. So fast forward to Joshua. He said, this book of the law that represents my nature and character shall not depart out of thy mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night. Well, let's stop here for a moment. You know, you meditate far more than you believe. Than you can imagine. If you would try to take time out to examine that one. You meditate so much. But the problem is sometimes you meditate on the wrong things. You meditate on the things that will bring life. So it's a Hey, you shall meditate in the law day and night, and that way you uh, and you may observe to do according to all that is written there. So you meditate on it and practice it, and then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Praise the Lord. Now, again, prayer and fasting is important, but he did not tell him to pray every day and to be in intercessory prayer and all of that. That is crucial. But the lesson that God gave Joshua for success was to observe the law and practice the law because laws produce success. Of course, the law of prayer and all of that is going to come under that. But laws produce success. So you have to examine the laws that are guiding your life because that is going to determine success. And if you want to build capacity, if you want to go higher, then you can't be engaged by laws that take you off. You have to be engaged by laws that will bring the success that God intended. I want to take a moment and, and look at a, another scripture because sometimes you know, we, we get a, a few things crossed here, and um, I know that we've already dealt with the ceremonial laws and all of that, but I felt led to just look at the scripture for a moment. So let's look at Galatians chapter 2, 
verse 21. It says, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through law, then Christ died in vain. King James said, I do not frustrate the grace of God, for if righteousness comes by law, Christ died in vain. So some people might say, well, what are we talking about laws when righteousness don't come by law? We're not living in the time of law. I want to just clear up that scripture. You see, the righteousness of God today come by faith in God, by confessing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And this is how it is birthed in your spirit. But while righteousness don't come by law, it come by faith in Jesus. Righteousness is maintained by law. It does come by law, but it is maintained by law. Now, let's back up a little bit. Before man sinned, before the fall of man, man was born righteous. The first man, Adam, Eve, was born righteous because they were born with the God nature in them. And that's the righteous nature. So they were born righteous. Now, because of the fact that when God created Adam, he placed the entire human race inside of Adam, that means anything Adam did would affect the entire human race because he was the federal head. Anything Adam did would affect the entire human race because the the entire human race was placed in him at creation. Of course, that is why when God wanted Eve, he never went back to the earth. He went to Adam because the human race was in Adam. So, when Adam sinned, all sinned. And because of that, we are now born, human beings are born with the sin Adamic nature as opposed to the righteous nature that Adam himself was born with. So now we're born with the sin Adamic nature. Jesus made a way so that we can be what we call born again. So when you are born again, you receive Jesus. Now you're born with the righteous nature. That's how the righteous nature comes into you, by being born again, being born of God. We cannot be born with the righteous nature from our mother's womb because of the Adam transgression. So God made a way for us, for it to be birthed in us. So therefore, when you receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you ask Jesus to come into your heart and be the Lord of, of your life, then you have the righteous nature in you. So that is not about the law. It is by faith in God that you get the righteous nature in you. So we were born with the sin nature from our mother's womb, but when you get born again, you get the righteous nature uh, inside of you. Now, after that now, you and I have to continue to live by the laws of the kingdom of God to maintain that righteousness. So that is why he said, thou shalt have no other God before. That's the laws of God. 
thou shalt not commit, thou shalt not steal. That's the laws of God that maintain the righteousness. So it does not come by law, the righteousness. It don't come by law, but it is maintained by law. Now, you also have to understand the context in which this was, was written. Because it's a very important context that we, we miss sometimes. When Paul wrote this to the churches in Galatia, there are a few things to consider. One, Paul himself was a Pharisee. And somebody who understood the law, the Pharisees were very strict on the law. They studied and practiced the law uh, and even rejected the person of Jesus. But the law was their thing. In addition to that, Paul was what you call a first-century Christian. Meaning that he was one of them that was born again within the first 100 years of the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now understand that before that took place, the Old Testament was still in place. So these people that Paul was writing to and live, quite possibly, live under the old covenant with the ceremonial laws and had to make a transition to grace where the ceremonial and the civic laws were not any, any longer necessary. So you're coming from one environment to the next and it is taking time to transition in your mind. So some of these people were still hinged on the ceremonial laws. In fact, even today, 2,000 years after, there's some people still push the ceremonial law. So just imagine in the first 50, 40, 60 years and all of that, they were still in that place of transitioning from the old covenant to the new covenant. And in the old covenant, they used to kill the, the birds and the turtle dogs and all of that for a shadow of righteousness. So all of a sudden, Paul had to preach to them now because they were the religious people who were trying to keep them bound in the Old Testament. Said, look, no, righteousness don't come by law anymore. No, it is faith in God. It's very important. It, it don't happen that way anymore. It's like you telling your children, you, 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 you telling your children you're 50 years old, you're 40 years old, you telling your children that you used to walk to school, three miles to school. Huh? They can't relate to that, and that's just 20 years ago. Walk to school? How far? Three, four miles. And you have to go work with the animals before you go to school and this and that. They can't relate to that. They don't live in that age. So these folks were coming from the time of the ceremonial laws, and they had to make a transition, and Paul was guiding them through. Righteousness don't come by law anymore. Because, you see, if righteousness comes by law, look at this part, he said, then that means Christ died in vain. So the death of Jesus, the more redemptive process, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus has canceled that process. And now we have a new process. I was up into the wheels this morning, uh, supporting my favorite West Indies team, hoping that they would win a match here. And 
Praise the Lord, they came through all of us. <laughs> but they were talking about in the days when the West Indians just started going to England. They would go by ship. The first time they, they started going. And so if players got injured and they need a, needed a replacement player, it would take two weeks sometime before that player could go. Today, they can get that player in eight hours from Jamaica to England because the process has changed. And that's what Paul was saying. Because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, we don't go have to go that road anymore. We just go this road. And understand how difficult and challenging it was for, for Paul because not only was he ministering to those first century Christians and getting that foundation in, but he was also setting the platform, the foundation for those of us who would serve the Lord 2,000 years after to get a proper understanding of the faith. So he was working on those foundations. So righteousness don't come by law, but it is maintained by law. And it is very important that we remember that. God was very deliberate and intentional about his nature and character influencing every human being. He has given us laws, principles that represent his nature and character and laws and principles so that we can know what we are about. He's given us those and we have to remember to practice them. Every law is important and has its purpose. But as you know, some laws are superior to other laws. Some laws are sub laws are subsection of other laws. So every law is important and has its purpose, but some laws are superior to other laws. And so we have to find the laws that will guide our success and anchor ourselves in them. You cannot practice all of them in one go. You don't get all of them working, all the laws of God working in your life in one setting. It's step by step that you have to practice them. And as you practice and practice and practice, you become better and better and better at it. But every law has its purpose and we should seek to engage the laws that will give us the results that God intended for our life. Every product was designed to function by law and every success is guided by law. So it doesn't matter what the product is, was designed to function by law. This microphone, it has frequency laws, and it has other laws that guide the product for you to get the result. The television monitors. You as an individual, you're a human being, you're a product of God, and you were designed to function by law. And if you don't function by the laws that God intended, for you to function by, you could really run hot and die, or you abort the success that God intended for your life. Now, I want to remind you that a product does not decide what law 
it functions by. Let me say that again. A product does not decide what law it wants to function by as it relates to its success. The, the manufacturer decides the laws that the product fun function by. In other words, you don't get to choose as a product that, you know, I don't like this law, so I'm not going to function this way anymore. No, the manufacturer decides what law you uh, function by, how you were designed to function, and what will enable your success. So you don't choose to function by the laws that you feel more comfortable with. You have to function by the laws that the manufacturer designed for you to function by so that you can produce the results that God intended. So God said, love your neighbor as yourself. But God, you, you don't know that lady. You don't know them people that live over there. They watch, they do this, that you still need to function by the law. Bring all the tithes in the storehouse that they may meet in my house and prove me if I will not open the windows of heaven. Well, God, the light bill this month, the, the, the car note, I just couldn't. I, I, can't, I can't do that anymore. Well, if you don't function by the law, you do that to your care. If you drive a car and you need to go back and you put that thing in reverse, car don't decide if it go in reverse or not. I mean, if it's mechanically okay. You decide that this is the law I'm employing because I need to go back. You put that thing on that car as the function. It don't decide that no, I don't want to go back now. The product function by the law. Because someone hurt you, because someone offended you, because someone wronged you some time ago, is no justification for adjusting the law that you live by. That's why it's so challenging to walk in love. And I can tell you sometimes, you don't walk in love just because you love them and you want to, but because it is the law that the product functions by. Oh yeah, I know sometimes it takes everything in you to walk with, in love with some of those co-workers or those people in your community. But it's the law. Sometimes you wake up, you're not in any mood to worship God. You don't want to talk to anybody, including God. But the law that we function by says, I will bless the Lord at all times. So even though I don't feel like it, I will bless the Lord of all time. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And it's going to produce the results that God intended for you. You see, many times people believe that their areas of gifting or what God has called them to do is what is most important, and that is what everybody needs to listen to. The apostles feel that structure is so important, and that's what the church needs. The prophets feel that it is important for the prophets to speak into the nation and all that kind of stuff. Uh, worship, 
that people think, oh, this is the universal language, and if we would just worship God. Whatever it is that you are called to do, whatever God has called you to do, it is important that you understand that it functions within a structure by laws. And if you will allow that gift to be guided by the laws of God, you will be unstoppable. You're going to see God's hand working in your life in amazing way. Your gift will not amount to its true potential without structure and foundations that are rooted in the Word of God. Laws are fundamental to the kingdom. Up to any kingdom for that matter. And yes, to the kingdom of God. Because right or wrong in any kingdom is not determined by emotions. Right or wrong in any kingdom is determined by the constitution which speaks to the law. So if you go into court and you start crying because the situation is really overwhelming and all of that, the judge will ask for a break and ask you to go outside and gather your emotions. Because the court don't function on emotions. It's by laws. The lawyer argue your case according to the law. Your Honor, section 37, subsection 16 says that my client's rights were not given. The judge looks into it and see what is the situation and they make an interpretation by law. Laws determine what is right or wrong in a society, in a kingdom. And this is where sometimes we don't get it in the kingdom because righteousness, which is from the word right, is not determined by emotions. It's not determined by what you wear or, or, or why your hat is or if you're in white or what or you're in black or whatever. That's not what determines righteousness in the kingdom of God. It's according to the laws of God. So what did the kingdom say? The, the kingdom constitution say about this situation. And I'm telling you that when you approach God in righteousness, according to the laws of God, because that's what righteousness is based on, then you cannot be denied. That is why the Bible says the effectual fervent prayers of a righteous man, not a Christian, a righteous man, availeth what? The Bible says, David said, I was young, no, I'm old, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. It can't happen. Because the judge, who is our God, have to make determinations according to your righteousness. If you're in right standing with God, then he has to come to your rescue. It's not a privilege, it's your right. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The Lord 
delivered him out of them all. Abraham negotiated with God about Sodom and Gomorrah. God said, hey, Abraham, you know, I should tell you this. I'm planning to go destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham remembered that his nephew Lot was down there. So hold on, God, can we talk about it? And Abraham was a friend of God, the Bible says. So he knew how to get God's attention. The judge, he knew he had to go to the judge by the constitution. So Abraham said, God, if you find 50 righteous people down there, will you destroy them? He said, no, 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 I can't. No, I can't do that. 40, 20, 10. He had to negotiate on the term of righteousness before God. If you walk righteous before God, you are unstoppable because you're walking according to the laws of God and God has an obligation to come and work on your behalf. How have we been doing on the laws of God? Do we practice the ones that are comfortable and leave out the ones that are hindering our success but is going to take a little challenge to overcome? We can't allow others to determine the kingdom principles that you live by. God wants to work in your life in amazing way. We spoke about Moses earlier. Moses was very close to God. The Bible says that since Moses no man knew God face to face in that way. Moses was amazing. I was reading through the Old Testament the other day. And, uh, I don't know if I'll get there, but I watched how Moses talk to God on one situation. I said, wow, yeah, he was close to God. You have to be close to God. Moses said to God, you think it's my children now? I mean, why are you burdening me with them? I didn't go out and get these children now. Talk to God like that. Moses knew God face to face. And God said, okay, okay, I, I will, let me deal with this situation. But Moses was successful as a leader. He worked with God in introducing the laws of God into the earth. And I believe it would be good to just identify what was the key to Moses' success? I want to read a scripture in Psalm 103, verse 7. Psalm 103, verse 7. So it says here that he, God, made his ways. His ways, talking about his laws, his laws is his ways. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. So Israel saw the demonstrations, the result of how powerful God is. But Moses 
knew how those results were produced. He knew the ways of God. God let him in on the inside. The key to Moses' success is that he knew the ways of God. He knew the laws of God. The key to your success is to know the ways of the Lord. Remember what he said to Joshua that we read earlier? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. We see it here again. He made known his ways. Come to me and say, Lord, show me your ways. And I walk with Show me your ways. I put my hope, my trust in you. You see, the prayer of my heart is to love you, Lord. But I want to do it according to your ways, your ways, your ways. I implore you, I admonish you, I challenge and exhort you this morning that you take this year to learn more of the ways of the Lord and walk in the ways of the Lord and watch God work in your life. I don't care what system the world put in your place, in your, in your space, in your way. I don't care what they throw you away. They can't stop you if you operate by the ways of the Lord. Solomon said, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and let him show you his way. He will direct your path. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.